Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Stock Talk. This is a little podcast that I've been putting together where I like to talk about all things investing, where I get to share with you some of my thoughts and some of my takes and some of the decisions I've been making with respect to buying and selling stocks and ETFs. The goal here is hopefully for you to take some nuggets of information and insights and be able to bring them back to your own personal investing situation and hopefully ultimately allowing you to make more successful investment decisions. My name is Amon Reina and I'm an investment coach and founder of Sage Investors. And what I do as an investment coach is I try to help people who want to become more financially independent. The problem a lot of people have on the road to financial independence and as it pertains to investing is they often feel intimidated or frustrated or confused by the whole investing concept. Uh, I work with people who are brand new to investing but don't know where to don't know what to do, don't know what to start, don't know where to start. And I've worked with people who have been investing for long periods of time but just aren't making any progress with their portfolios. So what I do as an investment coach is I teach people, I engage with them on how to make more educated and ultimately more successful investment decisions so that they can improve their chances of, of getting to that goal of financial independence and doing it with confidence. So today is decision day. This is a decision day episode. Um, regular followers of my podcast and my blog uh, will know that I like to periodically jump on here and uh, share with you uh, my own personal investment decisions, decisions that I have actually made. Um, I really feel it's an important thing to do, especially given the nature of what I do as an investment coach. As I said, I teach people um, principles and concepts about how to make investment decisions, how to buy and sell stocks and ETFs. And for me, it's one thing to teach this stuff. It's another thing to model the behavior, to model the, the examples, apply the examples, uh, the concepts and the principles that I'm talking about. So I really feel important that I, I like to share with people um, the decisions that I'm making so that you can see really tangibly um, the thought process that goes into making, a into making a decision to buy a stock or sell a stock. Um, I think it's just important to have that element of transparency uh, with it. It's, it's something I really uh, feel strongly about. So today is actually a first in a couple, I'm probably going to break this down into like a couple parts because I'm really going to be sharing with you over the next couple of episodes uh, decisions that I've made over the summer, basically looking at from June, July, and August um, and of 2019. Uh, a lot of things have kind of a lot of things are just kind of going on right now, and I thought I've, I've actually made a fair number of decisions um, after really being doing really not much of anything for most of this year. I've just basically been just standing pat and just kind of letting things ride. But I think we're at kind of at a point now where I'm just looking at where things are evolving. And I'm going okay, there's there's some stuff going on here, and I think I need to. Um, the time might become to just start kind of building up on things and or maybe just trimming away at some stuff in my portfolio. So today I'm going to just walk through some of the decisions that I've made in June and I made a couple of decisions and uh, and then the uh, next couple of episodes I'm going to walk you through this decisions that I made in July and August. So it's kind of a looking like a three-part uh, series here in terms of my investment decisions for for this past summer. So if we've you know turn back the clock to June, um, one of the things I was I was observing and getting a sense of is that 
we seem to be in a really, really weird space as far as, as, far as the markets are concerned. Um, you know, go back to December, everything was crapping out. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the Federal Reserve chairman uh, did a whole little pivot because at that point, the Fed was hell-bent on increasing interest rates. And then the markets woke up to this concept that, hey, you know what, why am I paying you know, 1.5% for a dividend where I can get 1.8% holding a bond, which is less riskier. And so people had that aha moment in, in 2018 and, and got out. And so the Fed kind of got freaked out by it and then said, hey, whoa, 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 we're gonna, we might uh, you know, pull the brakes on this uh, interest rate hike. Um, and so the markets just flipped and literally have just been on a straight ascent upward setting records uh, back to those days of those glory days of 2017 of uh, literally having you know setting market records every day on a daily basis now this is in the context of looking at all the economic activity that's going on and the fact of the matter is economic activity has been slowing there's just been a laundry list of data out there showing that growth economic growth and investment is just literally grinding to a halt. And a lot of it has to do with all this trade trash talking that's been going on, led by the Mad King. I like to call him the Mad King, uh, who's just been taunting and trash talking China and Europe and, you know, it was Canada and Mexico a while ago, but that's sort of toned down a little bit. Uh, it's just been a lot of trash talking and changes like on a data signaling on a daily basis that just is just going back and forth and you got to put yourself in the you know into a to the seat of a, of a of a of a business person of somebody running a company and running a business especially a multinational kind of business how do you make decisions like what do you do right now like how can you make a decision how can you run a business when you have this kind of environment where there's just so much uncertainty in terms of what rules are going to be enforced, the rule of law, the nature of policies, trade policies and tariffs, like just literally like overnight tariffs being installed in somewhere. Um, how do you make a decision? And I think what's happened is companies have stopped making decisions. They're saying, you know what, I can't function like this. I'm just backing off. And so I'm sure a lot of businesses have plans in place to deploy capital, to invest in capital in, into their products, into, into their people, into machines and technology, but are just backing off because why? Why would you make significant investments in, in capital when you have so much uncertainty in terms of what the rules of engagement are, in terms of the rules of the business are? There's no incentive to do it. And so that's what I'm seeing. There's just really weird, like, um, tug of war between what Wall Street feels. Wall Street's all giddy, but you look at boots on the ground, there's a lot of worry out there. And the fact of the matter is now the Fed is signaling quite consistently, and the drum beats are getting louder and louder, that they are going to stop increasing interest rates and in fact are gonna start lowering interest rates in the future. It doesn't help that you have that the, the Fed Reserve Chairman is getting badmouthed by his boss, the Mad King, basically ordering him to lower interest rate, which is a whole other discussion when we're gonna talk about independence of delivering monetary policy. That's a whole other issue. I don't wanna get into that. 
so this is the dynamic that we're going on, especially in June when I was looking at all of this. I'm going, this, this is something, this is not right, and this is not sustainable. And so it led me to make a few decisions. First decision I made was I decided to open up a position in the iShares long-term bonds ETF, ticker symbol XLB. This is an ETF that invests in government bonds of long-term maturities. So why am I doing that? Well, if you mind map it out, um, actually, before I even get it, I'm going to give you the Coles Notes version because actually I, I devote an entire episode uh, in my podcast and I actually did a video on this walking through the, the impact of what lower interest rates can do and what the potential investment opportunities would be out there. So I'm not going to rehash that. There's a total other episode. You can download that um, podcast and you can check out that video too that I, that I made with it. So I'll just give you the gist of it. So the reality is, if the Fed is signal, I'm the time. I'm thinking, if the Fed is signaling that they're going to be lowering interest rates, it means if interest rates start going down, that means bond prices are going to go up because any bonds that are going, any bonds that are currently in circulation right now are going to be worth more because obviously they have a higher coupon rate. They're going to pay a higher level of interest. So you know, if you're making an investment, you want to buy bonds that have higher coupon rates. Um, so if rates are going to go down, bonds now start looking really interesting, look really appealing, I'm thinking, as an investment decision, as an investment opportunity. Then I'm also thinking the fact that if you drill down a little bit further, longer-term bonds, bonds with higher duration, high mature, long-term maturities, are, they are much more sensitive to changes in interest rates. So if interest rates were going to go down, the prices of the changes, the rate of change of prices for long-term bonds is going to be much higher. So there's much greater opportunity for capital appreciation holding longer-term bonds. And so when I looked at all that, it, I'm thinking maybe it make, makes sense to carve out a portion of my portfolio that has exposure to long-term bonds. And so I'm not an expert in bonds. I don't know what's good or bad. I just wanted to buy a, a basket of bonds that are long-term, stable, and it'll gonna give me some consistent returns. And so to me, I looked at a few bonds and I, as I said, uh, uh, there's a bunch of them out there and uh, I did a little video on it, you can check it out, and that led to my decision. I thought the XLB was probably the best um, option for me to get that kind of exposure to a broad basket of long-term bonds at a really low price. And so that's, that's ultimately what I did. I, I just ended up buying, uh, building up a small position in, in the XLB. The second decision that I made in the month was I decided to sell my position in Electronic Arts, ticker symbol EA. I ended up making on a net, if you back out all the foreign exchange adjustments, I ended up making about 11.6% on it. And if you go apples to apples on US dollar basis, I was up 16%. The problem that was happening was the Canadian dollar was going up at the time. So it was kind of carving away at my returns. And uh, so that was kind of, one of part of my decision why I wanted to sell it. Uh, sell it. Uh, the stock at the time um, hit over $100 a share. It was at over $100 a share. And there's a lot of good vibe going around the company in terms of uh, the apex uh, mobile video game that was getting a lot of traction, a lot of play by, by the video game community, by the gamers out there. Um, 
so it was a kind of in a good place and it was kind of I was at a, generating a pretty decent return and so I kind of had I was faced with a decision it's like you know do I hold on to it or do I just you know take the return there and and get off and play for another day um, the fact of the matter is I like the company I think EA Sports is I think is the best of breed in terms of uh, video game video gaming they have a really great balance sheet um, they have some really rock solid franchise games especially in the sports arena the Apex Legends game has a lot of potential to be kind of like the next Fortnite. Um, so I looked at it, but then I looked at it in the context of what the environment is right now and how weird it is, as I've already talked about. And I said, you know what, I'll take my 11% return on this and I'll come back another day. So I decided to sell it, book a double digit gain. Stock's still on my watch list. So if the stock were to fall back, um, you know, back down to the, the low 80s or something, I might be tempted to get back in on it. And sure enough, actually, after I sold it, I sold it at about 102 or something like that, um, the stock really popped back down. It went down on as much as 90 bucks. So it kind of worked out. That decision kind of worked out um, from the side. I still like the company. Uh, I think the business is pretty secure. I know some people are not too happy about the way management has kind of handled the franchises, but... Uh, this is a company that's generating solid cash flow, really clean balance sheet, and it's uh, it's got some iconic uh, brands out there and uh, has a potential to just crank out a lot of cash flow. So um, I was happy to take the uh, take the gain um, and play for another day. So I have it on my watch list. I'm going to keep an eye on it. In fact, as I said, the stock has fallen down quite a bit, actually, down to the low 90s. Um, if it were to get down to the low 80s, I might be tempted to get back in. So. There you go, those were the decisions I made. Um, and it was the start of a, in a series of a, of a bunch of, which I'm gonna get into in the next couple of episodes, because um, I ended up making quite a few decisions in, in July and August. And uh, if you check out those episodes, you will see how much I made those decisions. Um, and what Fed, what's feeding, again, as I said, if the, Fed, the logic I had right now at the time was, okay, if the Fed's gonna lower interest rates in the short to medium term, as much as the economy, global economy, seems to be in a, in a free fall or in a slowdown mode, um, stock prices could continue to go up in the short to medium term. So that's one aspect that got me interested in, in some, making some decisions, which I'll share in the subsequent episodes. The other side of it, it started to get me interested in the bond side of it in terms of the potential gains from owning long-term bonds. Um, and you have to also factor the matter of which I haven't even gotten to is that we're getting more and more into a world of negative interest rate yielding bonds. And so owning bonds with positive maturities or positive yields, um, long-term in duration, even becomes more of an interesting investing opportunity. And it kind of, again, fed into my decision as I backtrack into my decision to get into the XLB. So that's what I got for you today. I'm going to continue on in the next episode. I'm going to talk about the decisions that I made in July, and there's quite a bit of stuff going on there. Uh, and the episode after that, I'll, do some, I'll talk about what I did in August. So if you have any questions about, what, about, uh, about the decisions that I've made, feel free to reach out to me. You can give me a shout through my website, sageinvestors.ca. You can drop me an email through there. I'm also on Twitter. My handle is at sageinvestors. I'm on there all the time tweeting about interesting things that I'm coming across that's helping me make decisions as well as sharing with you all these decisions I'm talking about today. I actually tweet them in real time. You can follow them through hashtag trades2019. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. 
My handle is uh, Sage Investors, and you can find me also on Instagram. Uh, my handle is at Sage Investors Nation. If you're interested too, I also publish, uh, although I'm kind of a little on hiatus right now, I'll be jumping back in in the fall, uh, a weekly email blast, I call it um, In The Loop, where I share with you so updated um, blogs and videos and podcasts that I'm doing, as well as sharing with you content, uh, data, information that I come across um, as I frame my own investment decisions that I use to make my own investment decisions. So I share that with you. If you want to be interested in doing that, you can jump on my website, sageinvestors.ca, and sign up, just drop your email, and you can get on the email list. Um, again, also, as I said, I teach, uh, I teach people how to make decisions. I teach people how to analyze uh, stocks and ETFs. So if you're interested in some of my courses, uh, again, you can check them out on my website, uh, sageinvestors.ca. That's all I got for you this week. Thanks very much for listening in. This has been another episode of Stock Talk. My name is Amon Reina of Sage Investors, and we'll catch you again another time. Take care. Bye-bye.